0: history. Usually considered one of the most boring classes in school because of the memorizing of dates, names, all those different places. Oh, why the memorizing? Well, if this was your experience, I don't blame you for not liking history class. Some teachers just teach the book and focus on the names, the dates, and other minor highlights, while others They tell a story, and that story makes you feel like you're touching the past just a little. I was lucky in my schooling to have two amazing teachers at different points that made me fall in love with history class. It wasn't just another lecture, it was a story and a conversation with the class. History is full of stories about various events from even more varying points of view. And this is where things can get a little confusing. Many view varying stories of history as two sides of the same co- of the same coin, but that feels woefully inaccurate. My personal theory, history is more like a tetrahedron. And for my non-tabletop RPG-ers, ears, is a four-sided die, most commonly in the shape of a pyramid. And very painful when you lose it on the floor and find it with your foot. Um, <laughs> they do come in other shapes, but that's, that's a rabbit hole of dice, shop, dice shopping that I'm not going to get into. Anyway, the four sides of history are the myth, the victor's story, the loser's story, and the truth. If all these sides were to be covered, we'd all still be in history classes with some obscure journals wondering why we are still learning about this. But it seems these classes have narrowed it down to teaching the myth and correcting it with a mix of the victor's story plus the truth. Sometimes the victor is accurate, uh, other times... They're just trying to make themselves look better. The myth is typically what people remember because it's more interesting, more fun, and what some want to believe is the truth. That's just it though. Sometimes the truth is more interesting than the myth when given a chance. My name is Amiriel and today we're looking at two events in American history where the truth was too boring for the books and the other was too boring to even mention. But I'll make it fun. First, a quick reminder, please subscribe and follow me on Instagram at Muriel Explores if you haven't already, as well as give a rate and review on iTunes. Now, let's dive in. Let's set this first one up on a little backstory to the history that led to the Boston Tea Party. You may be thinking, Amiriel, I already know what happens here. There's no way our founding fathers would embellish the story, right? That, this is where I ask you to give me a chance to explain myself. The commonly agreed upon cause was the Tea Act of 1773 that England imposed on the colonies here in North America. While they lessened their taxes on other goods, After some complaining, they still kept the tea tax, as that, that was the money maker. Colonists responded by getting creative, though. They smuggled in Dutch tea and boycotted the British East India Trading Company and the tea they were trying to sell. Following this, in May of 1773, The British East India Company was facing bankruptcy on top of a surplus of tea they had because the Americans stopped buying it. So a tea act was passed and they were allowed to sell the tea cheaper than any other company except the tea tax. They still applied to the colonies. Eventually, the cost of the tea tea being smuggled in That, that began to cost more than the British tea cost with the tax on top of it. Still, the colonists protested the tea tax, continued to smuggle in the Dutch tea, and they protested simply on the principle of the matter. And now we reach the event itself. On the night of December 16th, 1773, After trying to get the governor to send the ships of tea back unpaid and being told no by him, a group known as the Sons of Liberty, plus a few other patriotic colonists, dressed as Native Americans and marched down to the wharf where the ships were docked. If you haven't heard of the Sons of Liberty, we'll be covering them in a future episode. Once they boarded the ship, they cracked open the crates and tossed them into the harbor to be ruined by the salty ocean forever. It was said that they tossed over a little more than 45 tons of tea overboard that night. A comment made by one of the participants, George Hawes, was how they had been surrounded by British ships and no one tried to stop them. Now that I find it a little hard to believe, just based off the description of nearly a hundred people participating in this. Plus the possibility of all the noise from splitting the crates open, and then the boxes, I mean, 45 tons of tea being splashed into a harbor, who's not gonna hear that? Please, don't, don't mistake my criticism for non-belief, this, this did actually happen, it is documented. But looking back at this with some critical thinking makes me wonder, what details are they not sharing? Yes, no one would recognize them as they were dressed as Native Americans, but if this was the same group that congregated at the meeting hall mere hours before the ship, before boarding the ships, wouldn't there have been, like, a British spy or someone to name names of those who participated in this act, whether they were in the meeting or listening outside and then reporting it back? I mean, hearing this story as a teenager and now hearing it in my early 30s, I'm asking a lot more questions as I'm seeing a couple oddities in this story. I mean, being out of high school and no longer forced to read textbooks as dry as a saltine cracker incited my curiosity to learn more. That's when I found my next source that tells a slight... Variation with a couple extra details mixed in. In the book, American History Revised 200 Startling Facts That Never Made It Into the Textbooks by Seymour Morris Jr., his tale of the Boston Tea Party it's definitely a little different. <laughs> Would history made to be an outright noticeable protest, Morris Jr. shares that his research of the event shows it was the opposite. There's no mention of the Sons of Liberty to start, and the Patriots themselves that were in the meeting weren't the ones to do it. In fact, they actually planned this out. They started by recruiting 50 unknown youths to make sure none of them could tattle. Their faces were painted, and their clothes were changed to resemble those of the Native Americans before they were grouped together. Also, I apologize right now. You may hear noise in the background. That is Jade. He is, he is uh, clamoring around on some stuff on my bed that is making noise. And you might hear a collar bell jingle. <laughs> um, where were we? Okay. This was specifically to be a secret militaristic mission. They snuck aboard the ship with very strict orders to only tamper with the boxes of tea and nothing else. As for the noise of those crates hitting the water, they waited for low tide so there would be less of a racket when the boxes went, were thrown overboard. The whole operation was in silence. One participant, name unknown, explained there was no talking no clamor, and only the tea was tampered with. After they finished, they even brought an officer on board to make sure everything was in its place and that nothing else was messed with. In the aftermath, when the British tried to round up the saboteurs, they had all vanished. None of them were found. While I can hear some groans about how boring this is and the other story is much better because of a more brash resistance attitude against the British. Let's think about this. In the truer, in the more truer version that I just told of the story, it took planning and secrecy rivaling the CAA to make sure none of the participants were ever identified and they had to be they had to have a true belief in what they were doing in their in their rebellion to like have the necessary fuel for like the motivation their upset caused them to take carefully calculated rebellion that also lessened the risk of lives lost so that they could be called upon to fight in the future cuz remember this is all happening before the big war of independence and the colonies becoming the United States of America. So, personally, that story, the one of them carrying all this out in secret, that is more interesting as it shows just how much the British angered the colonists that it drove them to such a calculated destruction of British property, aka the tea, And to tell as to send a message to tell them they were they were done with unnecessarily high taxes. I mean, all our our ancestors of the past, all around the world, they were more cunning than the textbooks and stories give them credit for. Yes, there are stories of the lucky ones, but overall, I still say, give me the truth for knowledge and the myths for entertainment but not even all history makes the books and this next one i actually really didn't know about or forgot i knew about i i have a lot of high school blocked out (laughs) i'll just say that we all remember the secession of the south that preceded the civil war but did you know that wasn't the only one to happen in american history the americans at the time were tired of this ongoing war and the outspoken president they had at the time so in 1814 a convention was planned to be called to be held in hartford connecticut with talks of secession on the agenda and it was a result And it was actually as a result of this that President Madison sent a couple troops up into New England to help deter the rebellion. So what caused this meeting? Well, the Capitol had been invaded, for starters. The White House had been burned to a skeleton. And the British Army had a very strong presence in... In the States. So what happened to change their minds? Why don't we hear about the secession of 1814? Well, for starters, the Battle of Lake Champlain and the defeat of the British Navy in that battle provided a turning point. Following that, another battle also helped turn the tide. It was at Fort McHenry. The British could not destroy it to get past it, so they just turned and sailed away. A quick side note. If Fort McHenry and the War of 1812 sounds like it might be important, it is. It was there, about eight miles from the battle, that Francis Key Scott wrote the poem that would become the American National Anthem, The Star-Spangled Banner. After these two battles, the convention still they still met, but the end result was merely to state their opposition to the war. Nowhere in their statement did they use the word secession as the war as the war had turned in the favor of the Americans. Now, why didn't they teach that in history class? We we can only really speculate about this kind of stuff i mean perhaps they felt that the student students don't care about these bits of history or this this piece of history had no historical value but honestly i think if it was taught right they they would have gotten the attention of the students i mean really critical thinking let really think about this again what would have happened to the united states if all of New England had seceded during the War of 1812, would that have actually given the British the leverage or advantage they needed to win the war? Would our country still be here as it is today? Think of how this moment would have rewritten the entire history of all nations involved. As the true history and stuff too boring? Are left out of the history books comes to light so do their lessons i mean i am i am personally against censoring history out of the books because of the valuable lessons lost but that's that's another episode you you guys have heard me on my so bucked too much especially in the shark episodes but now i'm gonna turn it back to you guys what do you guys think Should historical events be left out of our classroom because the board who decides these things think it's too boring or unimportant? Tell me what you think. Find the post for this episode on Instagram or Twitter and just give a comment or comment on this episode if that's an option. Let me know. I'm curious what you guys have to say about it. Thank you, everyone, for joining me on this trip down memory lane. Hopefully you learned something new or at least interesting. Uh, Next week, we'll be looking at some weird history. More specifically, the weird things riots were started over. I I came across an article and I just like, okay, there's got to be more. So I'm doing an episode on it. Follow me on Instagram at Explores. All sources for this episode are listed in the description. Royalty-free music is from Pixabay and was composed by Fanchi Sanchez. Please stop by next week. And until then, safe exploring, everyone.